from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Welcome, everybody, to episode 133, or something like that, 133. 133. (laughs) Masonic Light Podcast. 133. And tonight's guest is going to be Brother Jamie Paul Lamb. Ta-da. Um, which you guys are going to hear after this, but we recorded it before this, but you'll never know. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> you are in the matrix now. Yes. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, welcome. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, what, what is going on? It's, uh, what month is it? It's February. It's February. February. We're Fred Rue it's um, it's good good it's it's good times. Uh, we're <laughs> gonna go around the room and we're gonna see what everybody's been up to. Then we're gonna hear from our guest Jamie Paul Lamb. We're gonna talk to our friend Walter, and then I don't know what else. So uh, Larry, what have you been up to lately, Masonically? I'm trying to. <clears throat> I think we we had a stated meeting, right? Yeah, yep. we did. <laughs> you you weren't there. I boycotted it. Yeah, you boycotted. Josh was. He must have boycotted it too. We had that. It was successful. We had a nice attendance, which was great second meeting. Um, Goose and Gridiron, we, we did that. That's pretty much it. Uh, Larry's much working from notes. I just want everyone to know Larry's working from notes right now. Well, this, is for, <coughs> this is for our interview for Jamie Paul. Oh, no, no, no. I'm looking at your phone screen, Larry. Oh, You're yeah, working well, from notes. That's the closing. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see how it is now. Fine. Jack, what have you been up to since our last uh, recording? Well, I missed the last one. Um, you were on hiatus or assignment. Yeah, I, uh, I had to stand down for a bit. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, since then, I've attended the the installation of just well of the uh, right worshipful grand deputy 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 grandmaster. Who does number two work for? The right worshipful. The right worshipful. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, right worshipful deputy grandmaster Larry A. Durr. And Larry, I, I'm, I, I'm especially fond of Larry. Larry and I, he started as district deputy the year I took the East in Ephrata Lodge. So it was kind of, we, we, we kicked off our separate roles together. Um, and uh, it's just cool to, cool to see him climbing that, that chain. It's, um, it's not easy to do. And then after that, we had our February meeting at Ephrata Lodge. And it was our <coughs> visitation from the right worshipful district deputy, not right worshipful, not just right. district deputy grandmaster. Got it. Okay. It's purple, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so the district deputy grandmaster uh, came to our lodge, and he brought most of the officers of the other lodges in the district. And we had a full house. It was packed to the walls. It was fantastic. 
And I, once again, am just super proud of um, my brothers and the work that they did. The officers, they're, they're, they're just dedicated young men. And, and I want a special shout out to Jimmy Diener. Um, yeah. Who is a super fan, Jimmy super fan of the show. We love Jimmy. Uh, but Jimmy um, has is senior, no, junior deacon in our lodge. And the, uh, the master called him to the east to give the opening charge for the meeting. And then you know what the opening charge sounds like, probably. And Jimmy. We should, I was thinking we should have grabbed him after that and had him come down here and, do an and put him on the spot and, and do it live. I'm going to Disney World. He was so over the moon. <laughs> anyway. Because that can be recorded. So, so he, can do it live. he so nailed that, that opening charge. It's the only time I've ever seen in Lodge, in an open Lodge, that the person walking back to his station from giving the opening yep. charge got a round of applause mm-hmm. from the, everybody on the sidelines. It was absolutely yeah, – he's, he's, so, like, he's such a likable guy. So and, and everybody knew him. how hard he had tried oh, and how hard he had worked Oh, my gosh. It was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it really just – it's, it's, it's what that part of this fraternity is supposed to be, and it gave him something that's – just absolutely priceless, and and I'm so proud. Um, so that's that's where I'm at, and then we're here recording this mess again, and who knows what comes next. Josh, what have you been up to since you missed your meeting? Have you done anything? <laughs> no, I missed uh, I missed the meeting because a coworker that I work very closely with tested positive for COVID. So ah. I just I just stayed back from the meeting because I figured it would be prudent. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but no, I haven't really been doing much of anything. Good Passmaster. Yeah. I keep missing stuff. The Passmaster refractory period. Yes. <laughs> now I got some stuff year. to work on coming up. So. Timmy? Timmy. Timmy. Um, I had the pleasure uh, in honor of being installed into the York Wright College, First Capital, uh, on Saturday, January the 29th. Uh, it was a high honor, and uh, if you don't know about that organization, it's then too a, bad. And too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's one of the uh, invite bodies, and um, I was incredibly impressed with the um, proceedings. So just leave it at that. Um, cool. Very good. And um, so, D- did you get a koozie? I did not. Oh. Did not get a koozie. Then it wasn't a real event, right? Um, <laughs> Um, On February the 1st, I had the honor and privilege of being the first program at the uh, newly created and merged uh, Millersville Lodge, number 476. Larry forgot to mention that. I dissected him. Um, And had a great uh, response to the program. Sorry that uh, Pete and Josh missed that. Well, I heard a meeting was going to go five hours. So yeah. I, well, actually, the program was about 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, and, everybody... and actually, actually, Tim was fantastic. I mean, he was really, really good. And I sent you a text afterwards saying how good he was. He was well-received. Yeah, it was good. It was great to be there. It was great to see uh, another lodge uh, literally filled. Um and uh, it, was, it was great fellowship with, with the folks down at And it was full, even without Pete and Josh. Even without there. Pete yeah. and Josh being there. That's right. Um, I've also, um, let's see, what else have I been up to? Well, the, the continual uh, saga of um, providing assistance, help aid and assistance to uh, distressed secretaries and treasurers <laughs> with the uh, Grandview program. Um, 
<laughs> and then the aforementioned uh, installation of Right Worshipful Deputy Grand Master Larry A. Durr um, attended that and then retired with several gentlemen for a uh, impromptu cigar gathering following, which was an amazing opportunity where we actually encountered a couple of potential members from. Uh, they heard us talking about Freemasonry and uh, approached us about, oh, so tell me a little bit about that. Well, what do you want to know? And so, That's you know, how it starts. an hour later, uh, and, and, and we gave them just a snippet. And then they followed up with more questions, and we were we were. Did you get the signature? Coffees for closers, Tim. Well, let, no, because we this is someone we just met, and we don't we don't sign petitions ah, of people. This who, is reflective of the grandmaster's new yes, position. Yes, it is absolutely. See, you, I'm the old school of the one call close. <laughs> the, the, the pizza, the no, pizza no, shop no, 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 no. That's, that's how that's, we end up with. We're not guarding the West that, Gate. That's how we got Larry. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, and then I also had the honor and privilege of attending uh, Effort Elijah's stated meeting that Jack referred to, and it was truly a great night. And at some point, Jack, you got to tell us about postage stamps in 1972. No, I don't. <laughs> Let me tell you, in 1974, when I went through, things were a heck of a lot different back then than they are today. And they guarded the Westgate very, very closely, and they beat the big devil out of you one way or the other, even after they let you in the Westgate. So I just let it sit right there. Absolutely. All right. So what was I up to? Um, I went to Breeding. Junto Council. <laughs> Being Grandpa. <laughs> Junto Council of the Allied Masonic Degrees. We had our, uh, our meeting, which is always falls on the fifth Sunday, which, do your math there, it just happens randomly. Um where I was presented and roasted at the same time. I was presented with my past Thrace Illustrious Master's Jewel and subsequently roasted because they yelled at me because my attendance at council is not good enough for them to give it to me at that body. <laughs> um, so I did that. Um, that was, that was a, oh, it's always a fun meeting. Um, other than that, I have been busy. Um, my foster Doberman had 12 puppies. And just trying to not trying to keep twelve animals alive is uh, is fun. Um, they're at the age now where they're almost three weeks old. They're starting to bark and growl at each other, and they're completely harmless, so it's adorable. <laughs> but by eight weeks, it's going to be like having like like the, af the the gremlins you fed after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> in a room. <laughs> but you also raised a lot of money for uh, the shelter. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we're trying to do a name game. And so far, like as of this afternoon, 1000 bucks. People sent in like 1000 bucks submitting $5 for a name. And I was telling these guys at dinner, I appreciate all the suggestions, but I'm, I'm running this selection like the Democratic Party of the 1980s. I am a super delegate, and um, <laughs> my vote is worth more than yours. <laughs> and uh, but now we're going to pick uh, twelve names. Uh, I also was here last night for the Effort Lodge State of Meeting, and I will say the first hour of the meeting was one of the best meetings I've <coughs> really ever been to. Um, you know, so what do you think about postage stamps from 1972? Because be you know, I'll just say this: because of COVID. Um, and whatever reasons, lodges have gotten 
lax on doing the national anthem. Uh-huh. When you had a full <laughs> Yeah, how good we, was that? We had a full room here last night and a piano player. Yep. Oh. And the national, uh, who was in key. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the singer started before the pianist, yeah, and, and he caught up, and yeah. he hit the right key. Yep. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> he was uh, a music teacher yes. at Ephrata High School. Oh, yeah. So he was able to catch up with a bunch of losers, uh, <laughs> but it sounded really good. And it was amazing. Um, and uh, brother Ron, who's our district deputy, who's a past master of my lodge, um, another gentleman that you know I've seen come up through the line, surpass me, and become my district deputy he is so comfortable and from seeing all these officers that he interacts with all the time he's really become really good friends with all these men and all the lines and it's just nice watching him be so social with everybody um yeah it was a great meeting there was a guy that got his 50-year um emblem of gold um Ron nailed that that you know piece of ritual um, mm-hmm. perfectly, and the guy um, he was the most fit looking fifty year member Absolutely. I've ever seen. Um, when they made when the uh, he got the a lecture on stamps for fifteen minutes, and he had to hold a uh, a six a thirty two inch diagonal. Plaque. Plaque. Um, <laughs> he really did well. He must have kept up with his cardio at at, at, uh, yeah, he, he at Atlantis Woods. Very fit. Um, so yeah, it was just a, it was a great meeting. So they they always do a good job here at, at Ephrata, and, and everybody kissed Jack's uh, ring, and it was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it really was. He had a seat of honor, and people just came by and knelt and kissed yes. and. Genuflex, genuflex. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we are going to hear from our guest, brother Jamie Paul Lamb. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. back with our guest jamie paul lamb jamie thanks for being with us again you're uh, gonna be a regular here pretty soon third time yeah pleasure to be here thanks so much brethren for having me back so your career didn't completely tank after you were on our show <laughs> no no oh, okay it was steady as she goes Excellent. i mean of course of course covid came up and kind of derailed a lot of our stuff but you know yeah, but Since that's un- that's universal. That's a fact. So, um, right. so yeah. So you've got some uh, some old things to talk about, some new things to talk about, and Larry wants you um, specifically to talk about music. So I'm going to let Larry kind of drive the train, and then the rest of the guys will kind of 
<laughs> just, just pick on watch, Larry as we watch go. Larry drive the train Absolutely. right off the tracks. There you go, <laughs> Jamie. It's good to have you back. Like I said, this has been your third visit, and one of the things that we really want to talk about. You're an exceptional writer. You write some very, very good books on some very deep subjects. And you've written three books. You've written the... Uh, I have to be able... Oh, shoot. I have to put my I'll, glasses on for this. I could say a Myth, Magic, and Masonry is the first one, 2018. Approaching the Middle Chambers, the second one, that's 2020. And then uh, the Archetypal Temple... September of 2021 which is your newest book and you and I talked I think back in September when the well we chatted when when the release came out so yes yeah. absolutely first question I want to ask you why are your books so expensive <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know I think um I think they're right in the pocket though aren't they I mean they're 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 print on demand I think they're right in the zone you know because it, well let's talk about approaching the middle chamber because that's the one that one I think is twenty eight ninety five. Yeah, um, like yeah, that. exactly. But that's a five hundred page book, Larry. It's almost five. But, it's but Larry's brick. about to say, "But I'm on a fixed income, and I can't." <laughs> right. And secondly, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'll, we'll talk about that after the show. But no, and and to me, the the, the approaching the middle chamber is probably, and of course, I, I'm just saying this. I think this is probably one of the most fascinating books you've ever written. It is fantastic, especially for jurisdictions who don't really follow through in that lecture. And right. you give... By that, you tell, mean Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, Pennsylvania, exactly. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but anyway, let's, let's talk about your new book. Tell me about it. So, the new book came out last September of 2021, and that was... Okay. Uh, it's called The Archetypal Temple. And it's really a collection of essays, but there's like a unifying theme that kind of runs through it. So, and that theme is, um, well, let me put it this way. So, uh, you look at definitions of Freemasonry and how we define it and how we talk about it and what, what is a, even such, you know, fundamental, like first principle questions like what is a Freemason and things like that. So I, I kind of drilled into that right in the beginning saying, you know, uh, kind of what is the what is the central project of Freemasonry? What is Freemasonry? So I thought about that and I kind of came up with, well, yes, of course, we have things like, uh, you know, a peculiar system of morality, etc. You know, the stock answers that we give. And then there's the ones that you read in the dictionary, which are like, which say, uh, you know, Freemasonry is a group that partakes of Masonic ritual, which is, it's literally that circular. It just says, it essentially says Freemasonry is Freemasonry. It doesn't really give you, that's the Oxford online. That's as clear as it gets, though, man. That's, uh, you know. It's a, it's a circle, so circles are nice. <laughs> circles are nice and clean. But, uh, but so I thought about that and I was like, what's a good way to define it, you know? And uh, I forget exactly what I wrote in the book, but it was the gist of it is Freemasonry is an, the, an art and craft by which the speculative Mason builds a temple, uh, a temple on the various planes, that is to say. So that's what I meant by the archetypal temple. What are we doing if we are not building 
our temple and this temple exists on you know these various hermetic planes you know you have the brick and mortar temple downtown you've got the historical temple you've got the classical temple you've got all these different temple archetypes you've got the mnemonic temple which is so important like you know how you know how there's directionality in our memory work oh then i was in the northeast corner and i stood on the first step of mason and then i went to the west i went to the south i went to the east we're constantly oriented in our memorization work and the reason why is because we're we're erecting a mnemonic temple in our minds it's a memory temple like a memory palace you know that's how so the masons had this down long long ago before modern people started talking about memory palaces and stuff like that. it's an ancient idea really all these mnemonic mnemonic ideas like the uh the method loci they call it uh that method of memorization anyway so we've got the mnemonic temple we've got you know the the moral and ethical temple that we build with our working tools which are moral and ethical working tools you know rectitude of conduct square you know on the level etc the, the way we describe our moral and ethical tools what we're building this temple that is man that is at once the microcosm that is man while also being the macrocosm which is that celestial temple um that house not made with hands eternal in the heavens you know so that's what i meant by this sort of fractal uh manifestation of the temple archetype that that we as Freemasons, I posit that that's kind of our central project because we do that on all of those planes. We do that collectively. We do that egregorically. We do that individually. We do that intellectually. We do it morally and ethically. We do it um, mnemonically, physically, etc. You know, biologically. You know, taking care of your body, mind, body, and spirit. And we have clauses for that sort of stuff in our work, you know, that's kind of like, you know, second order questions and things. But uh, yeah, so that's what the book is about. Uh, and a lot of other things. I get into my <laughs> astrological stuff, but, you know, it's the recurring theme is the, the microcosm and the macrocosm as it pertains to masonry particularly but having these uh uh this it's cosmos in it's interesting that after i don't know what ten thousand years of language we still don't have words that really effectively describe these concepts of yeah. of, of higher spheres and pl planes of existence and the noose and and all of that kind of stuff we just we don't have words for it it's right you can't really describe that kind of a concept or at least we haven't really agreed, right? So it's like if you're talking to a Neoplatonist or you're talking to a Buddhist or you're talking to a Christian or a Jew or whoever, you know, you're going to get these different cosmological ideas of what they think the nature and structure of the right, cosmos is. Right, but it's so, it's so clearly different perspectives on the same nature, right? Yeah. We just, they're just using different vocabulary. Absolutely. And, and that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and is not Freemasonry sort of a, it's kind of been a key for me, you know, it's been a key particularly to the Abrahamic religions, you know, we talk about Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and I think that Freemasonry is is especially situated to, like, 
really turn the keys and open up some of the deeper doctrine of Abrahamic faith and the Abrahamic symbology. You know, we've, and I, who knows? I mean, getting a little uh, uh, conspiratorial about it, maybe, but uh, that might be why you see the persecution, or one of the reasons why you see the the persecution of Masonry, at least from the Vatican and from sure. other organizations. You know, is that we have certain, you know, interpretive keys that unlock some of their locks. You know. So I, here's a question for you, and, and this sounds like it's right. It might line up more with your first book, but if all of this esoteric conception was happening in the 16th and early 17th centuries, right? And this is when it was all all coming. It was also an era, an age of, of horrendous religious persecution, right? right? If you said anything that wasn't verbatim what the church says you're going to get either burned hanged or beheaded and and here we've got all these esotericists all this rosicrucian philosophy that starts coming out and all this stuff is leaking out and yet i don't ever hear i don't think i've read anything about those people being persecuted try yates francis yates yeah um, the Rosicrucian Enlightenment. Yeah, she does a good job with that. So she takes it into the court of the, Habs the Habsburgs and uh, okay. the, right around the Thirty Years' War, which was, you know, the Reformation and Catholicism and their schism in Central Europe sure. and things like that. And, uh, or their, uh, not schism really, but skirmishes, you know, mm -hmm. up to and including the Thirty Years' War. She does a great job. She's a tremendous historian. She also did Giordano Bruno in the Hermetic Tradition, which oh, was... Oh, nice. Francis yeah, Yates. So, All right. Yeah, she's That'll be a, link to, a link to that will be on the website after the show. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But but I know what you mean. Yeah, there's... Uh, it's it's weird how that sort of renaissance era occultism let's say or esotericism that you see with like we were talking about before we came on yaka burma um you see it with uh you know swedenborg or or um, heinrich kuhnrath Hein uh cornelius agrippa you know certainly facino pico della mirandola um you know yeah like how did they how were they allowed to to spread all of this enlightenment wisdom that that they were they were unearthing or rewriting or decoding or whatever it's yeah well giordano bruno case in point you know went the way of galileo you know burnt at the st didn't galileo get burnt at the stake or he, he was confined to house arrest wasn't he oh yeah yeah he died in house arrest yeah. so uh uh giordano bruno 1600 i think was the year he got uh, burnt at the stake because he was unrepentant in his uh, kind of heretical views on magic particularly but, uh, sorry our, our, uh, our special guest Pete Ruggieri who is special uh, <laughs> is, is annoying us through the window behind <laughs> us He's on a Zoom call with the Valley of Reading. Because he is a twelve-year-old. Yes. <laughs> anyway, All right. Sorry about that. I got, I'm no, sorry. No I'm sorry, Larry. I distracted the conversation. Ask your second no, question. No, no, no. Stuff no, that was important no, no, to me. No, you, no, you did <laughs> not. I, I, I did. I did want to mention too before we get off this. Tell us a little bit about your Masonic credentials. You're master <laughs> of your lodge in Arizona. You want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so we chartered a lodge um, three, four years ago. We were under dispensation for a year. We got our, our charter uh, a year after that. And we really, you know, we kind of built it from the ground up. And I think a lot of us came together, um, you know, with greater or lesser experiences in our blue you know, respective blue lodges and mother lodges and affiliate lodges and things like that, that we had all um, been in before. So we took kind of the best developed practices in addition to following the sort of MRF model pretty closely, Masonic Restoration mm -hmm. Foundation, you know, Andrew Hammer and the, sure. um, so yeah, that was required reading for us when we were in like the steering committees. And anyway, we chartered that a few years ago. Uh, there were two masters before me. I'm the third master of this lodge. It's Ascension Lodge, number 89. Um, I'm in my first year, but we do two-year terms, um, like I was saying before, so we could, you know, the first year is kind of getting your bearings and everything, and then that second year is when you get to kind of implement bigger picture programmatic stuff and get your ideas moving forward i think that fits for the times um you need that time you need that settling it to figure out yeah. what the, what the yeah, rules are. i like that two-year yeah. idea yeah i mean i don't know a lot of lodges who do it i mean i hear it here and there you know i i hear it but we just decided to do that and like i was saying earlier we decided to keep the our bylaws uh very skeletal very minimal so we could had sort of free. what was the quote you were saying uh he he governs best who governs least yeah precisely so that's kind of been a central ethos of ours is uh you know keep it fluid keep it flexible make sure you know we have room to grow you know our culture you know you're, you're talking to three or four year old three or four year old lodge doesn't have you know, yeah, you got an egregore, but it's like a baby egregore, you know. And, <laughs> uh, and and you you know, you want to leave some room for for growth and for that for cultural fluidity, you know, for to for your culture to develop as new members. You start making masons, and things change, you know. The, you know, like, and you get affiliates from other launches, but we're pretty stringent about the West Gate. We got some you know, things in order. Like we do a, a candidate dinner before we even offer a petition or anything. We require that they come around for at least six months. Um, and that, and then if, if they've gotten in everybody's face and we can say, Oh, I know him. You know, if everybody in our lodge could say, I know that guy, then we schedule a, uh, a candidate dinner, you know, I like you that. know we got very, stuff like that. Very, very similar to a traditional observant. Lodge. Right. Yeah. He said his MRE, so uh, or MRF. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's the other yeah. thing, Larry. You brought up. You said traditional observance. Like a lot of people here in Arizona um, will say that. Oh, Ascension Lodge is a tradi traditional observance lodge, or they're a continental style, or they're an observant lodge, or they're this kind of hyphenated masonry or that kind of hyphenated masonry <laughs> and i and i say no you know our thing is like nope we're a blue lodge just like your lodge except 
you know, we've got different cultural stuff that we do. We like to have candles. We like to have incense. We like to have ambient lighting. We like to have music. We like to wear tuxes. We insist on eating good food. We like to bring good speakers out, you know? So it's like, yeah, there are certain things we insist on culturally, but I don't call you you a cowboy lodge just because you guys are wearing bolo ties so so what's your position on prime rib i just need to know <laughs> you know i'm a vegetarian so i miss <laughs> oh perfect I, yeah like a 20 year something like yeah like a 20 15 20 years vegetarian that's funny uh, with with a couple of cheats Hey, we have we, ha- we have some listeners that are uh, that are uh, on either end of the uh, prime rib camp. So I yeah. just had to figure out where you were on the scale. No, I'm a bri- I'm a brisket guy or like machaca. Ah, there you, you know? go. All right, it's very like ve- mach- it's very vegan that brisket. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, regather ourselves here, let Larry go and pee, and then uh, we'll come back with a little more Jamie Paul Lamb. Give us three. Stay with us. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge in Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're, a, Larry's ADD's kicked and We're back, and you, you know, you might be shocked and surprised, but Larry is struggling with technology right now. So, well, yeah, I can't get into my emails. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, but uh, we're, Jamie, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking around. Um, we, during the break, um, you know, we often do our best interviews when we're not recording anything. So, uh, during the break, Jamie mentioned that um, you know he he might even disagree with some of the stuff that he's written. Um, you know, three, four years ago. So, J- J- Jamie, like like what? Yeah, so like you said, you know, we were talking about you, you write, you, you know, you learn things, and over the course of some years, sometimes your your opinions change, your position on something change, changes, or you find that you're just flat out wrong about stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I, I did my best on Myth, Magic, and Masonry. That came out in 2018, and it consisted of some of that stuff is as much as 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff literally comes from some of my first papers that I was writing, you know, years ago. And, um, and you know, I reworked it and I tried to stick it into a piece and it was my first book and I didn't know how to write a book, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and there were some crazy, and, you know, thanks to um, Jason Marshall uh, for, for editing that, and um, Matt Anthony for doing the layout and everything and the laudable pursuit. They did a tremendous job with that book. So I'm not knocking that 
book. I am saying, like, here's one big idea. You you were talking about uh, magic and stuff earlier, and obviously I deal with magic in that book. It's in the title, in the Masonic context. But um, here's one thing that's changed for me. I used to think of magic as being sort of this, uh, what they call the psychological model where we where it's this Jungian kind of thought form and you can you know project it out into the world and cause change according to your will and this Crowleyan definition of magic but but now now I have completely done a 180 on that like so now my idea when I think about magic I think of an ensouled cosmos it's no longer this closed circuit sort of solipsistic you know uh, psychological model that's that's so much that's such a much more mature perception of it because it's I mean you know a a million people will go through that same evolution of thought yeah but I'm I'm stuck on The Witcher on Netflix, and I like the old-fashioned definition oh, of magic. <laughs> and and yeah. you can still have that, Larry. Can I? You, you can. can. You know, so everybody. I'm not saying that the psychological model, because a lot of people are are in that world or in and out of that world. I'm saying in a certain domain that works, but my baseline kind of idea magically right now, my paradigm that I'm currently like working in over the past at least two three years or something like that has to do with an anima mundi that the cosmos okay. has the it, there's a spirit of the world and it's an animated cosmos so it's a lot like the gaia principle you could say if you want to bring it into a, a more modern idea but this goes back this is a theurgical neoplatonic oh, idea yeah. that goes back from way well before alexandria even it goes back to babylon right so and um and probably as far back as Sumer, maybe even further than civilization, maybe Gebekli Tepe or something. But this idea of magic is 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 sort of predicated on the idea that there is a medium, a, a spirit, an ensouled cosmos, a spirit medium that we work with, right. and we draw down celestial. Um, you know, you draw down Venus through a copper. Uh, talisman, let's say, that's engraved mm-hmm. with the Venus symbol on it. You you draw down Mars by um, by uh, bitter plants and things like that, or by the color red. You mm-hmm. know, there's synthomata that we that we bring these celestial forces and angelic and also demonic. And I I want to clarify that when I say demon, I mean it in the plate in the Platonic sense, so not the Linda Blair. Right, 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 right. And, and I, mean, I think listeners would be surprised to hear that, that this is not a radical concept for Freemasonry and, and Masonic thought. I mean, th- this is Pike. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this is uh, maybe not Mackie so much, but, but these, are, these are concepts that have been threaded through Freemasonry from those And it's times. baked in. I mean, we, we right. follow nature to, through her, you know, using geometry through her hidden recesses. You know what I mean? Even that's got like a magical connotation. Plus, what do we do before any great and important undertaking? We invoke the blessing of deity. We theurgically ask for intercession of right. a cosmic entity. Right. So we why should a, the concept be so foreign, right? Yeah. We ask a cosmic entity to theurgically intercede in our work on the earth. That is precisely theurgy. Yeah. That is what theos ergos working with god 
You know, it's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, it's awesome. massive. Totally, hey, Larry. Totally awesome. I just want to admit. I just want to admit one thing here. I did screw up your address. <laughs> I, I knew you did. You and I were able. <laughs> so to, did we. You, you, you and you I. To, you and I you were able to communicate when you sent me an email, and I was able to come right back to you. But if I, was I gave, sending the email. Yeah. If and, and when I was given your email address out, it was Jamie. I was doing it wrong. Totally wrong. Uh, oh, you, well. didn't, you didn't have to admit that because it was. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I have a lot of listeners that enjoy me admitting that. <laughs> right. He's such fodder. Uh, tell me one thing about your your new book. How can people go about getting that? So you know what's funny? It's not on Amazon yet, which is a blessing and a curse, because I don't think people in Europe can get it from Lulu right now. So some of my readers, you know, out, outside of the United States... Um, they have to wait for the Amazon thing. Are, are you going to pull it from Spotify? I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> you know, I, I would go there. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm like, well, you kind of open that door. Let me just say <laughs> yes. Let's say personally. Uh, now I'm not in the mix, and my ideas about things are personally. I like that Joe Rogan can go on his podcast and do like we're doing and talk to people and just have some have some uh, you know controversial people on have some mainstream people on I thought he's always done a great job of mixing it up and, and being honest Jamie, and admitting when he's wrong you're being and, you're, you're being reasonable stop <laughs> just stop. you know just so and here's what I don't like so I'm generation X right and uh, I and I'm sorry if I'm gonna offend anybody right now but I can't stand the hippie generation my you know I That's just Larry. don't like I don't like hippie stuff no, no, sorry I Larry no no I wasn't I, I was 18 when the hippie generation was Navy I'm uh in the Navy. World War two baby I'm, I'm that generation. yeah so when you see these people like uh like um what's his name the the neil young and stephen stills and graham nash and joni mitchell and these people um getting so uptight when they should exactly weren't they the people who like marched for free speech and stuff like that mm -hmm. 50 60 years ago so i don't yeah that was that was my uh, my ironic observation was the the, the picture of uh, kent state and i said i yeah. remember when dissent was not tolerated yeah, yeah. right so what else you got larry? all right yeah let's uh, yeah, larry wants to talk about music so anyway to, to get your your book right now <clears throat> the new one you got to go to lulu is that right no you can go you go to triaprima.com that's t-r-i-a-p-r-i-m-a dot it's actually dot co dot c-o so triaprima.co there is no m there okay. triaprima.co or you could just google um jamie paul lamb the archetypal temple and it'll it'll show and, and you how that. do we spell that jamie archetypal temple is a y p a l space t a t e m p l e I was. Uh, I didn't even I was, spell that right. I was ribbing on Larry. He couldn't get that right either. No, I, I yeah. totally screwed that spelling up too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last thing, just to cinch up that whole Joe Rogan thing. I, I'm not an expert. 
I'm not a sociologist. I don't know about this sort of stuff. I don't even really follow it too much, but my knee-jerk reaction is like, is like, you know, if you don't like it, don't listen to his podcast. I mean, is that so wrong? If it, I mean, let people do what they want to do. And then if you want to do something else, you do something, you know, don't support it if you don't want to support it. But calling for other people to, you know, I don't know. There's some issues there. I so, think there's some uh, logical problems. Listeners there. are encouraged to send their cards and letters to Jamie, Jamie Doesn't Paul. Care <laughs> at P.O. Box. Yeah. Okay. No, um, nobody's complaining about our podcast. <laughs> Not yet. One Not of the yet. four is going to send a letter, I'm telling you. Yeah. But... Anyway, that was a anyway, that was a can yeah. of worms. I, I I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's it's fine. So Larry, go. Pete has just joined us. Ta -da. Hey, welcome, Pete. welcome, Pete. Yeah, welcome everybody. I was uh, busy in the Rose Croy world. Um, our current most wise master actually understands the fact that we all don't know everything. <gasps> Well, that's a good thing. And what? he's like, nobody ever gave me any information when I was going through the line. And he's making sure we know exactly what we're supposed to do at every step along the way. Good. And it's so refreshing that I think it's like, uh, I'm going to walk out and I'm going to get punked. Like something <laughs> weird's going to happen. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, why don't we talk a little about another area? We want to digress a little bit. We want to talk about your music. Okay. So, um, yeah, I've been a musician my whole life. I was in punk bands when I was a teenager, you know, and, uh, and then in, you know, through my twenties, I, I, I played a lot of jazz. Uh, I played a lot of just like garage rock music. You know, I played like a sixties Vox continental organ and we did like seeds tunes and uh, stuff like that. And, and uh, I've done all kinds of. We've got a, we've got a group called the Gnomes. I'm doing right now, which is sort of a Velvet Underground type of band, kind of a power pop kind of thing. Uh, we've got. <laughs> wow, oh, wait, wait, wow! Wait, 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 wait! Velvet Underground power pop. Let me get my arms around that. That's cool. Well, you know, like loaded Euro Velvet Underground. <laughs> <laughs> I I am amazed by your catalog and the diversity of the music. It's uh. Wow, I just I, so I need I, to find something that we can have rights to, so we can use it at the opening of our show. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. we, we did talk about that. <laughs> well, there's also there's and I've got a lounge exotica band I do too. I play guitar <laughs> in, a, in a lounge exotica band. We got a keyboard player, we got a tenor sax, we got drum set, guitar, bass, and we write all of our own stuff. So we do bossa novas, sambas, oh, wow. oh. uh, Polynesian. You Does know, Bill like, Murray do a walk on? It's <laughs> That would be cool. <laughs> we do, uh, we do like uh, Les Baxter, Martin Denny sort of stuff in that world, and some like a lot of a lot of calypsos and all kinds of a little bit of surf music, some ska, but uh, just a mixed bag. And that's a really fun band. It's all instrumental and everything. But I think what Larry was talking about was. Uh, my harmonium stuff that's up on my website is that what you were talking about Larry? yeah sort of like that yeah 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 so up on my website i got this thing called um i i, I kind of developed and pieced together this is this system that i call astro musicology right where you um and there are precedents for it 
you know, going back in history. But I've developed my own kind of version that I'm calling that. And it has to do with, I'll take a natal chart, like, because I'm an astrologer, you know, uh, part-time. I'm a part-time astrologer, but I'm certified Hellenistic astrology. I'm a member of the AFA and stuff like that. But anyway, so I'll take somebody's natal chart and there's musical correspondences to the signs and the, the planets and sure. the houses and the aspects and stuff so you could take somebody's natal chart and look at the aspects those geometrical shapes that kind of you know those are intervallic relationships between planets and planets are nodes and they're also modes and scales and things so you could sit there and if you're conversant with the correspondences between planets signs and aspects to notes chords and intervals and things then you can sit there with a somebody's natal chart on your music stand and literally just break out your play their and sign. I like the you could play their you could play their natal chart you could play the their That's life wild. yeah so it becomes musical notation and yeah cool yeah so uh yeah it's pre- i don't know of anybody doing that and i offer that like as a service on my on my website i'm like this sounds know. like a good dmt joe rogan crossover this <laughs> <laughs> hey wait wait so you've opened up another oh, geez, oh here no we here go. we go <laughs> another thing there so who are who is willing to admit that they've done dimethyltryptamine before okay we got <laughs> two of you i'm i'm one as well yeah so I made it in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, from acacia confusa root bark. And, you know, proper acacia uh, DMT. Wow. And, and, and I got mine from a guy named George. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you did the smokable? <laughs> mine was in a pen. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's short acting. I did the tea the first time, and it lasted like five hours. Oh. Yeah, it was excruciating. That's a long I, and I probably have done it five or six times, and I hate it every time. I'd never. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, don't recommend it. <laughs> no, I don't recommend it because it's not euphoric. It doesn't feel good, but it is. It is extremely valuable. Like you come away with it. You Thank come you, away sir. from it because you go through this ordeal, you know, and you come away from it. Particularly if you're doing the tea, because it's such a protracted experience. Can um, I? And can I, I know. Can I say I know the Grand yeah. Lodge is probably listening to this right now? Oh, no, so, they don't care. That yeah. is Grand Lodge. So you should have D, you should have PD Newman on sometime. He's a dear friend of mine. We text like almost every day. We talk on the phone a couple times a week. He wrote Alchemically Stoned: The Psychedelic Secret of Freemasonry. Did you read that? Didn't you? I think I just finished it. Yeah, I was like, somebody read it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic thesis, a mind-blowing thesis, and, and he's a really sharp cat. I've known him for since, bef- like, right around the time that book came out, and so I used for, to read his. For people that aren't, aren't going to pick it up or might be interested in picking it up, that, that book is essentially a theory that, that the Eucharist was at one time spiked, um, and that these visions that were being had were, were being induced, um, and it's not... I mean, he lays out a, a reasonable argument for it, and you know some of the things that are talked about. You, you know, if you've experienced those kinds of things, you go, mm, yeah, kind of, sorta, yeah. and you can see how it works. Yeah, 
Well, well, Newman's Newman's thing specifically is that the acacia made its way into Masonic ritual because it's a DMT complaining com, DMT containing plant that made its way there through uh, the Royal Society, particularly like Desigulier and people like that, who were Royal Society and Masons. You know how you had Ashmole was in the Royal Society. Um, you know, and all of these people, and, and through like John D. and Edward Kelly, sure. I think they came in contact with. Uh, you know, Newman's got the whole thesis down. I mean, if you ever want a really deep dive on that, have him on your show or something, because he's it's it's a pretty it's a pretty tight case he makes for that. I mean, so I will never look at or in my mind. The acacia plant in anything that we have to do with Freemasonry is going to have a different perspective in my mind from now on. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 I can say with some certainty, finally, that I'm 80% sure that I am not still in the same peyote trip from 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 80% sure this is my real life, but there's still 20% of me that thinks... Vestigal. This is still an illusion that I had 20 years ago that's just dragging on and sucks. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. And, <laughs> and you don't, you, you can never know, right? How do you prove that? Yeah, exactly. You're in the Matrix now. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we're going to come back. We'll wrap up with uh, Brother Jamie and. Uh, I don't know, and I'll see what you guys were smoking while I was gone, because apparently I was missing out. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. We're back with Jamie Lee Paul, our guest this evening, and a great guest he has been. Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee, Lee, Lee Paul. Oh, go oh, for you're, you're thinking that's of Jamie Jerry, Lee Curtis. Uh, that's Jerry Lee. That's Jerry Lee. Lee Lee Lewis. Yeah, he what? shot his bass player for God's sake. You're right. Oh my word, <laughs> Jamie Paul Lamb. Oh God, take me out of this. What are you related to Please RuPaul? Send me home. Yeah. <laughs> But well, Jamie, we, we we greatly appreciate you spending some time with us here. Um, Jamie Lee, <laughs> Jamie Lee, <laughs> Jamie Lamb. Um, All right. So, uh, as we wrap up, uh, you, is there is there anything else you'd like to cover with our listeners? In yeah, this crazy I wanted circus to say here tonight. 
I wanted to say thanks so much to you guys for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. Lots of laughs and um, lots of, uh, uh, you know, technical stuff with Larry and things. <laughs> um, There'll but, be a uh, quiz later. Yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, the new book's out. You can go to triaprima.com. You could you can go to my website, jamiepaullam.com, and you can get it off of there as well www.jamiepaullam.com and that's got my astrology and tarot and Masonic stuff and music stuff and my books and all kinds of stuff uh, there's also I wanted to um, let people know about Esotericon in Virginia so that's the June 10th 11th and 12th I'm going to be out there in Virginia hmm. do you know what, what city? that's in Manassas in Manassas yeah yeah mm-hmm. so that's it's not too a far. really it's a really cool event if you've n- never been it's uh um you know esotericon and uh J- joe martinez and uh those guys do, you know kind of put it together and they do a great job and uh yeah so that's that's my big trip this year but, that's where uh, we need a hospitality room <laughs> with yeah. black lights. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> then I got then I got Colorado in July, like Denver, Colorado, the 29th, 30th of July. But a lot of domestic stuff, I think, or you know, Arizona stuff. So, but well, anyway, I hope to see some people, and I've got some other online things on a Superiority uh, lecture series and stuff like that. Well, again, thanks for being our guest. I think you're in the running for uh, being our uh, uh, top returning guest. I think uh, a third Absolutely. time is a charm, without a, without so. a It's a hard tie with Ed, Ed Stum. Ed Stum, yeah. uh, he and Ed Stum were kind of neck and neck. And they're but. completely, so completely it's different. Wow. <laughs> wow. Dualism exhibited right exactly, there. That's, right there. Yeah. But thanks a lot. And uh, we look for. actually, we may come see you down at uh, Esotericon. I hope you do. And who's the guy... Maybe we should do a show with me and the guy who's, uh, who were you just saying the other guy was? Ed. On? Oh, Ed Stum. Ed Stum? No. Yeah. I, I'm not no. sure he can no. go. His head would explode. He's an 80-year-old Pennsylvania Dutchman that I think everything's outlawed. He's um, the grand smoke. <laughs> he's great. You he's, guys, he's you guys know Mark Stavish? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. We well. had him on the show. He's yeah. been on our show numerous times, too. He's really great. So he and I hung out in Long Beach uh, a little a couple of months ago, we were together for a few days doing um, one of, uh, I don't know if I could talk about it. Anyway, mm. he and I were both out there for a few days. And um, I got a deal with him where, you know how he does the Institute of Hermetic Studies? Right, mm-hmm. right. So later in the year, he tapped me to do the, the an astrological course. Oh, interesting. His, Great, cool. Yeah, yeah, so I'm picking up a six week. I'm I'm gonna be doing a six week uh, course for his uh, Institute of Hermetic Studies, and I knew you guys probably knew him. Oh out yeah, there. yeah, he's a. I'm flashing right now on how it might have been in like 1640 with people who got together and said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna you know print this thing that I'm gonna." Same deal, just yeah. 400 years later, you know. Yeah. Back then they had right. lick toads though, so now we have science. Yeah, yeah, but we're still looking codes. We're still looking codes, right? <laughs> All right, All right, Jamie. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank All you, right, Jamie. brother. Thank you. Good night. In Masonic News Today, 
at a recent meeting of the Grand Bushel of the Ancient Order of Green Beans. It was announced that the Supreme Vine would prohibit the boiling of green beans and that only steamed green beans would be acceptable at all green bean functions. Disgruntled members took to social media to express their outrage. It appears that the fraternity has ripped open its once cherished veil of secrecy. It now seems permissible to air the dirty laundry of every appendant body on FaceTwit or some other internet soapbox. From crumbling crusaders to misbehaving motorcycles, if anyone wants to understand declining membership, just look at what damage is being done by putting this pettiness online. Don't share that nonsense. This isn't middle school. That's the Masonic News. So moved it was. And now well, we go to our, our French green bean correspondent, Larry Maris. <laughs> well, I just want to say, I've got... A- Tin can full of bacon grease that I insist on including with my green beans. Ugh, I don't care what. Best. I don't care what the uh, bacon, bacon grand, bits. Yeah, bacon well, bits, yes. a green bean should be eaten al dente, half raw, <laughs> in order for it to taste. Oh, this is better the than the prime rib of a green bean. Right now we've got. Please don't butcher my people's language. <laughs> <laughs> with that guy Al, al dente, uh, al dente. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you get that that get was that uh, gangster from Manila? Yeah, Sal, Sal Manila, Sal Manila, <laughs> Sal Manila, Filipino <laughs> <laughs> gangster. Uh, nice. All right. Oh. Oh wow. So, what a good show! It was a good show. It had a great interview. Really, always enjoyed this. What the third time. Jamie's been on the show. And, and I, I don't know how much of that is going to make the air, especially when I came <laughs> rolling. <laughs> I came in rolling in late and came in like, so what about DMT? And I just started getting on weird, took him on a tangent, and he rolled with it. Yeah. So we'll see. But um, Esotericon. Yeah. I think we need to get a hospitality room do, there. I think we may do a hospitality room down in Manassas. Uh, Chief Harvey maybe knows people, so if we get arrested, he can maybe keep us out of uh, that. Could be the helpful. Hole. That could be helpful. Uh, oh, gee, so. we let Chief and Miss Rita know we're coming down. We might get might be interesting. I bet we could smoke cigars smoke on his cigars porch. Smoke cigars and drink on his porch. I, I, I wonder if he knows where to get good liquor. <laughs> oh. Ooh, I don't know. Just saying. He can get the store-bought or the homemade. Mm. I don't want to go down a stereotypical line, but he's a retired police chief of Irish descent. <laughs> and I, you know, I feel confident that he may be able to direct us. Put my faith in thee. Yes. <laughs> All right. What is that? Does anybody have anything coming up that they want to talk about? Well, I've got a calendar full of stuff. You go first while I start to figure uh, out. All right. You can, uh, uh, yeah, everybody can take a break. Um, I, I do have this Irish joke <coughs> we well, can get into. Well, we can save that for the okay. closing. All right. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll determine that. So, uh, yeah, you, Sam- might, you might have to. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up, I've got uh, Samuel C. Perkins Royal Arts Chapter is having its February meeting coming up on Monday the 14th. Um, later that week, I will be in District 15 uh, for those secretaries and treasurers. They're doing a district-wide training that uh, some of us will be up at. And... Um, so let's just say that uh, the, the training team always has a good time there. Uh, we go up the night before uh, we eat dinner at the Camelot restaurant. 
there is a wonderful cigar place up there. Where, um, where is it's in District 15? If you go up 81 to, do they have to round New York tables? and then back up, uh, it's up in that nor very extremely northern. Uh, See, Hop Bottom is the name of the uh, oh place yeah, that we're doing yeah, the training. So the following week, I'll be in Allentown doing the same kind of uh, uh, mischief uh, for those brethren over there. Uh, in between, um, really, Cigar Lodge Number One will meet on the twentieth. Uh, we're going to be at Cigars International on the twentieth. So if you're uh, available, come join us there for a great uh, fellowship time. And that's about it. Jack, I know you're going down to not Manassas, Virginia, but another part of Virginia, yeah, Crystal City. Yeah, going down for Masonic Week. I'm just driving down Friday, overnight one night, back Saturday, just to put my toe in the water. I'd, it's a couple of jewels I'd like to acquire, and you know, give our best to Superfan Simon Polkinghorn. I wish I could be there, but uh, but puppies. I will. Yeah, that's no Simon. I, I already messaged him to look forward to seeing him on friday i'm really sad that i had to drop out because i had some other things come up but masonic week really is a, a good but well, he, there's, he there's already got his york college uh, school <laughs> honor back so he doesn't need to go anymore blah, blah, no that's blah. not it at all i mean i just i always enjoy that and especially enjoy the fellowship i mean pete and i had a great time down there last two yeah years ago. i'm i'm very uncomfortable in crowds like that i just okay i, I think you'll do we'll okay. see how we do um uh, we can teach you the secret I'd love to It's know. usually about 92 proof, mm-hmm. and that usually helps. Yes. Well, sometimes, yes. yes. Well, that remains to be seen. But anyway, so, yeah, I'm going down for that. And then um, after that, it's really just grandbabies, work and grandbabies. That's my life right now, work and lodging grandbabies. Senor Maris? Oh. <laughs> I, 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 you got to get closer yeah. to the mic. I I don't really have a lot of things going on. Uh, Merger committee is still very active. Grand Tall Cedar Larry Maris, what do you have coming up this month? Uh, Coming up this month? Well, yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Masonic Seafood Night at uh, Yoder's? No, Shady Maple. Shady Maple, uh, last Tuesday of the month and shady maple was just featured in, in all all the statewide I heard, newspapers yes, I heard about that. great press what award at least two paragraphs in the food report reports <laughs> by the state <laughs> well the good news is though it'll be cleaned up by the time we get oh, there oh man <laughs> you're just a thrill breakfast mountain <laughs> <laughs> you probably uh, won't get covid but there's always a chance of Legionnaire's disease if that ta- if that steam table's at the right temperature. <laughs> uh, so Pete, how about you? What do you got coming up? Um, just I, that Tall Cedars and uh, Goodwin Council. I will make an appearance this month because I promised. Yeah, you're speaking. Um, yeah, that's about it, Masonically. At the end of the month, this kind of like things slow down for me, so. When is the uh, Valley of Reading bowling event? Or is it, I'm sorry, it's Lancaster. It's, a, it's uh, a Lancaster Lodge of Perfection, Lodge of Perfection, Lodge of Perfection I'm event. sorry. And then there's also a, Zembo Shrine is doing a uh, mini golf throughout the building. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. So I'll, I'll post something on our Facebook page for both of those. That'll be more timely than this podcast. I, I do want to say one thing about Tall Cedars. I forgot to mention our special guest speaker. That night, 
is none other than Jack Harley, who will be, well, from what I understand, from uh, Junior Grand Tall, Christopher Gibson, you're going to be talking about St. John. Uh, and I said to Chris, I hope he makes it funny, because to talk about just St. John... There's nothing funny about the second degree in Freemasonry. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, Jack will be our guest speaker, unless now, with me mentioning this, he doesn't show up. <laughs> i got to figure out what to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Well, if you show up with one shoe, then you're, you're halfway there. Josh, what do you got going? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm freewheeling. I don't got much going on. Now, I know you're a germphobe, so will you be at Shady Maple Buffet with us? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, another great episode has uh, drawn nigh to closure. Um, Larry, um, you ready to wrap us up? Yeah. All right, Josh, cue up Let's them chickens. Let's do this here. Hey! There we go. Hey! Special thanks to Everett Lodge 665 for making this broadcast studio possible. Thanks to Josh Lamberton, our producer and director, who continue to make this show listenable. Notice how strong my voice is after... Mm. Josh Miller's really Josh Lamberton Killer, by the way. Yeah, Josh, yeah, Lamberton Killer. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, Timmy Dedman, our marketing director, and our Masonic-like contributors, Michelle Snyder and Doug Maddenford. And I just have one thing I want to close up with a with a, a little little story I heard the other day. And I, actually... You might, I don't know whether this is going to pass muster or not. If, if they hear just a beep, 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 it, it didn't work. But I'm Irish, so I can tell this story. John O'Reilly hoisted his beer and said...